Hi, everyone. Welcome to the At Hearst Mom podcast. I'm Lauren Rose, and today we're talking to Lisa Noss. Lisa is a chronic pain recovery coach who helps people learn how to retrain their brains out of the chronic pain cycle using mind-body techniques, and in the process, change the relationship they have with their bodies. She learned how to heal her own chronic pain using these methods and is so passionate about sharing this evidence-based method with others. She believes this information should not feel like the best-kept secret. Thank you for coming on, Lisa. Yeah, thank you, Lauren. It's so great to be here. So why don't you tell us a little bit about your own chronic pain journey? Sure. So I was living in New York City. Um, in, this was this started in 2019. I was working as a, um, a marketing director for a nonprofit. Pretty busy job, but I was also very active and I felt healthy. I was biking to work every day about 17 miles round trip. I was in the best shape of my life. I thought I was eating pretty healthy. Things seemed to be pretty good. And then one day in May, 2019, I woke up with a headache. And if you told me at that point that that headache would have lasted for three years without any change, I would not have believed you. And so of course I did what everyone does, you know, you start freaking out, going to all the doctors, trying to figure out what's going on. And it ends up being a wild goose chase. But thankfully, I realized right away that there wasn't anything serious going on. And of course, you know, I was concerned about that. But I also wasn't getting any answers at all. Um, I was finally diagnosed with new daily persistent headache, which didn't actually tell me anything at all, more than what I already knew. And so I kept going to, to doctors and trying to get answers because it just, it didn't make any sense to me how I could be healthy and active and fine. And then literally overnight have a headache. And I was going to about five doctors a week, like different appointments, um, like trying to find answers, but also acupuncture and a physical therapist and chiropractor like all these things like every every weekday I had a doctor's appointment and I was I was so persistent that I was going to figure this out but the thing that was so scary to me is that I kept getting sicker like it didn't make any sense that the longer that I was going to all these doctors and trying all these different methods you know everything from like I don't know what everyone does, like the, the nerve blocks and like a crazy diet, like all these different things, nothing worked and made any dent in the pain. But the whole time I kept getting sicker. I developed chronic migraine. In addition, um, my body was so like, my muscles were so tight all the time. Like my upper, my, my, my trapezius muscles, my, my shoulders, my, my neck, and I thought like, oh, maybe that's what's going on. Maybe it's because it's my muscles are so tight. Like what, like what is all, what is all of this going on? And I couldn't figure it out. None of my doctors could figure it out, but also I felt really hopeless. Like on, on one hand, I felt like I'm going to figure this out. Like I figure that's like, that's who I am. Like as my personality, I figure things out, right? Like it's going to be a puzzle to solve and I'm going to figure it out. Like, I'm just going to I just haven't found the right doctor yet, but I will find the right doctor and they're going to figure this out. Like, I know that there's going to be an answer out there somewhere, but on the other hand, I kept feeling defeated. You know, the more and more I went to all these doctors where they couldn't find anything and I kept getting sicker, I was imagining a future of, I mean, I couldn't imagine a future of being healthy. I just kept thinking that 
I mean, I'm not, so I know this is the, the it's, it hurts to mom podcast. I'm not a mom yet, but I was picturing having children and not being able to really take care of them and being sick all the time. And I could only really imagine myself as maybe an old lady finally not having headaches anymore. But otherwise, I couldn't envision a future of not having pain all the time. It felt literally impossible to imagine, to envision that future. And I didn't want that to be the case, but I, I felt like it just felt hopeless. Like everything was felt like a dead end. I tried all these things and I got excited about a new procedure, like a new method I tried and none of them worked. And I'm sure this is, you know, very similar for you and all your listeners as, as well, that you keep trying things. And it gets to a point where it's like, how can you try anything else? It's like, you, you know, you, you lose hope. So then eventually, so this actually was two years ago, almost exactly in, um, in September, 2021, I don't remember how I came across this book, The Way Out by Alan Gordon and Alone Ziv, but I read it and I actually keep track of all the books I read on, on Goodreads on that app. And I write a little review of each one. So at the time I wrote, I looked back at it actually this week and I wrote, this book is one of those books that's going to be life-changing for me. And at the time I hadn't, I didn't actually realize just how life-changing it was going to be. But that book gave me hope for the first time in years that maybe my body wasn't broken and maybe healing was possible for, for me. And maybe just because my doctors didn't have the answers, this felt like there are finally answers out there, like science-backed answers. And so what I learned from this book was that for the majority of people with chronic pain, and so this is not like, I'm talking about chronic pain. Like I know there's like autoimmune conditions that might like have pain as a symptom, but I'm talking about like when your condition, like your main symptom, your main um, condition is chronic pain. Like another way to think of it is like primary pain, like pain is like the thing, right? Um, that makes sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. So um, you can have something called neuroplastic pain, which is also called TMS or um, tension myositis syndrome, or also MBS or mind body syndrome. And so what this book was saying is that the pain is always very, very real, but that your brain can get kind of stuck with on with the danger switch sort of turned to the on position. And so your brain is no matter where in your body you have the pain, your brain is the one is generating that pain because it thinks that, that you're in danger and needs to protect you. And until you learn how to teach your brain that you're safe and that it doesn't need to keep protecting you in, in the form of sending you these danger signals all the time, that it, you're just going to, you can be stuck in the chronic pain cycle for years and years until you retrain your brain. Because if you focus on a different body part that hurts, like if you have back pain and you're getting all these back surgeries, but not getting better, that's because that's not the root cause. You need to focus on your brain. And so once I learned this, it was an aha moment for me. I was like, I mean, yes, I have like, you know, I had like headaches and migraine, but also like other symptoms I have are fatigue and like tight muscles um, and like brain fog and just like a host of other 
things as well. And I learned that I didn't have to treat every single symptom individually, but it was about going to the brain as the root and treating all of them together. And so, and so, um, Alan Gordon, the author of this book, he talked about how he had back pain. He talked about like scientific studies that have been done and how this, um, I call it brain retraining, but he calls it pain reprocessing therapy and how teaching your brain that you're safe using these mind body tools that you can use on your own and teach, like, getting the pain signals to be turned down, like teaching your brain that you're safe and changing the relationship you have with the pain makes a difference. And so once I had this this information and some of the the tools he had in the book, I was like, oh, this is really amazing. But then <laughs> I didn't actually really do much with it because two months later I was getting married in November 21. And I was stressed. And so I was like, all right, this seems like great information. I'll like file it away until I have time to deal with it. I regret that because I, I think that you can find ways to use this information all the time in small doses, no matter how busy you are. Like, I think brain retraining doesn't have to be this whole big thing where you need to have the time to devote to like meditation and sitting down, you know, for like hours a day. It could be like a few minutes here and there. It's just like little signals throughout the day of teaching your brain that you are safe like just it's it's about like re constant reinforcement and you can do that in, in little little stuff throughout the day so anyway i i um in january 2022 i that was i had the worst migraine i had ever had and i was miserable and i was like i can't deal with this anymore i think i, I and i just felt like that i needed to do something with all this information I learned from the book. So I found this, this chronic pain recovery coach, started working with her in February of 2022. And, and so this, this whole time I had constant headache, you know, constant symptoms had not had any relief. I think the most relief I had had in like the, the few years and um, in almost three years at that point, was like 20 minutes after an acupuncture session. And then I was never able to replicate that. Otherwise I maybe I had five seconds of relief here and there. Otherwise just like, you know, constant symptoms, constant discomfort. But anyway, I started working with this coach in February, 2022. And then within five weeks, I started getting real relief of symptoms. That January, before I started, that worst migraine I ever had in January 2022 was the last migraine I've ever had. And I, if you told me that my, my worst migraine would be my last, I never would have believed you. But then I started doing this work. The brain fog went away. I had all these episodes of not being able to see very well. Like these things just started slipping away. And I used to wear ice on my head all the time. Like I just, I had seven ice hats in my freezer and I would just swap them out. As soon as one got warm, I would put on the next one by April. So like two months or so after starting this work, I was able to clean out my freezer, those ice hats. And I thought I'd be wearing those on my head for the rest of my life. And so, with, so like within five weeks, I'm not saying I was symptom free, like not at all, but it was the beginning of hope, like seeing that this work that I'm doing is making a difference. And it, it encouraged me to keep going. 
And then within, within seven weeks of starting that work, I just had this like insight uh, where I was like, I need to become a coach. Like, I, this is what I'm meant to do. More people need to know about this. And I was, I was like angry. I was like, how did none of my doctors know about any of this information? Like I went to them and told them about this. And like, some of them were like, oh, that's interesting. Maybe I'll read the book. And others were like dismissive of it. But it, it's not taught in medical school. And so I couldn't believe that. But then I started taking, like, I took a training and like, I, I kept learning more and more information and I've become so passionate about this. And I find it so fascinating learning all this information about the brain and how pain works and how it's really there to protect us. Um, but our brain can make a mistake. And, and going from that, like the kind of like the neuroscience perspective and that we have that power inside of us to like, you know, I think a lot of times we give away our power to like, we think like someone else is going to fix us, right? Like the doctors, but this, doing this brain retraining work, even if you work with a coach, like you're still the one doing the work. So like you have your power back. So I feel like it is very empowering. And I felt like I learned how to heal myself. I wasn't a doctor that did it for me. Yeah, that's a hard lesson that I've had to learn that doctors don't know everything. And especially yeah. when it comes to chronic pain, they're just not trained in chronic pain. They don't really understand it and know what to do with it. Like the medical system is great if you've got a broken leg, but if you've got <laughs> chronic pain, it just is terrible. Yeah, it's really unfortunate, the statistics. I don't have them memorized, uh, but if you look up any of the, the statistics about chronic pain, the amount of education they have throughout the entire time they're in medical school about chronic pain is it's it's really upsetting because also they're they're learning in school how to manage pain they don't even believe that you can do anything to recover it's all about pain management right and the statistic that sticks out in my mind is that one out of five people in america and throughout the world has chronic pain so that's 20 percent of people that's a lot of people no oh, it's crazy how that's I mean it's it's like an I mean an epidemic a pandemic like I don't know what you want to call it because it's throughout the world it's not even just mm -hmm. you know U.S. yeah I think that's something that keeps me going as well that like I'm so upset about about that and I feel like I can't like do anything with doctors like I try I, like you're not you can't fight the it's not even the doctors but like the health insurance companies and like pharmaceutical like you can't I can't like that's just too big but I feel like I can help one person at a time and like share the knowledge that I have and make it more widely known and so like that's that's what I'm passionate about doing no and I love it so you talked a little bit about how pain becomes chronic right the brain goes into that fight or flight mode and well, you talk more about that because like there's okay a lot more but if sure, you have a question I'm happy to answer no I'd love more information about how pain becomes chronic okay so this is a little bit technical I think it's really cool about like you don't learn these things about the brain and school and like doctors don't know it either but I, I I'm fascinated by it so I'll get I'll like geek out a little bit over <laughs> over this information and so I want to just clarify that this is the majority of chronic pain like this is people with neuroplastic pain and 
like I said, that's people who have like primary pain, like that's your main condition. And it's not gonna be for like autoimmune conditions and like arthritis is not like, is not this, that's like not the way that's, that this works. I think this information can still be interesting. And even if you're not sure if you have neuroplastic pain or not, it's worth like knowing some of this um, and the brain retraining tools. And I'll talk more about that. But also if you're not sure if you have neuroplastic pain, um, I have some information on my Instagram about it, but also like Alan Gordon's book, The Way Out has, um, I think there's like an index that has more information about, so you can like look for yourself. But I, so in terms of like how pain becomes chronic. Um, so something that's really interesting about our brain is that our brains have not evolved to keep us happy. <laughs> that's why we can have like chronic pain and be kind of miserable. Our brains have evolved for like our bodies, right? Have evolved for survival. And so our brain is always throughout our entire life scanning our environment for to optimize it for survival. And the other thing that our brains are always doing is forming patterns. And so they form neural pathways. It's these um like connections of, of neurons. I don't want to get into like too much of the specifics about it, but basically the um we we kind of start as like a bit of a blank slate when we're babies, but then we once we start learning things, we form connections and it makes it more efficient that we can do things by the time we're an adult kind of on autopilot, like we have these these habits. And so like the more we reinforce something, the stronger those neural pathways get. And that we have neural pathways for like literally everything we do in our, in our lives. So our brain is always monitoring our environment for our survival. And so this is our physical environment, like, you know, things like making sure like we're not touching a hot stove and that we move our hand away quickly. But it's also things like that actually ends up developing our personality over time. Like if our caregivers, when we're, when we're children, um, for example, we, we learn everything from them. So like, if we're taught that like anger, for example, is not a very safe emotion for us to express, we're going to learn that we should be suppressing our anger because that's not something that's being rewarded. And so our brain is just always paying attention all, to all these things and learning and, and creating these patterns. And this goes, you know, throughout our whole lives, it, it develops a lot throughout our child, childhood and that's how our personality develops. Um, but this will just continue throughout our lives. And some people are actually more primed for hypervigilance than others because they've learned that their environment is not, that the world is not safe. And like, this has to do with like their, their caregivers. And, and unfortunately, some people who have had certain traumas and some people have had more than that than others. Um, so that's called priming, like everything that's led up to when the, the chronic pain starts. So then you can get into, there's going to be some sort of triggering event that starts what's called the chronic pain cycle. So there's either something emotionally traumatic or something stressful or an injury. And so someone, the difference between someone who has that um, triggering event start chronic pain versus have it not is that priming of like your, everything that's led up to that point in your, in your life. Does that make sense so far? It, it does. Okay. And so for myself, for example, 
I mean, I had certain personality traits that I didn't realize until later did prime me for chronic pain, things like being a perfectionist and being hard on myself. And I think it's just important to realize that like, none of this is your fault. Like you didn't know this, like, you know, um, I think it's just important to move forward from where you are and learn how to get better and use brain retraining instead of focusing on like, ah, like I wasn't raised in the best way. And like, you know, you can, all you can do is really move forward. But so anyway, um, for me, I had this actually very stressful job, which I love, but I didn't realize that it was too much. And that with the combination of all this priming of how my, my personality and just different things in my upbringing, plus like that stress from my job, that at some point it just became too much. And it was like the final straw and my brain decided that it was gonna, even though for me, consciously, it felt like very suddenly overnight, my brain was not, my brain had been trying to protect me for years and maybe I wasn't paying attention. I wasn't listening, but my, you know, my brain had been looking out for me my whole life. And this was just like final straw too much. You're, you're too stressed. And then I went from being fine one night to waking up with a headache because that was the triggering event that started the chronic pain cycle. And you might try to figure it out and not be able to, I don't even think it's worth trying to figure out of like, well, what exactly, like it could be a combination of, of factors, but the important thing to realize is that your brain kind of just flips the switch and goes into the chronic pain cycle. And so then what that means is now your brain is, is stuck in this hypervigilant state. And so it's, it keeps going like danger, 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 <laughs> like everything is dangerous. Um, and, and sends, and sends pain and it generates, your brain is generating very real pain. So I'll give you an example of like, just a way to think about it. Like, let's say you touch a hot stove, for example, like not chronic pain, just like regular acute pain. We know that like you touch the stove, you move your hand away very quickly. Like your brain has just learned, like, that's what you do because what's happening in that case is your fingers are touching that stove, but you're your and their your fingers are sending that signal to your brain. Your brain is deciding, oh, that is dangerous. And your brain then generates the pain so that you move your hand away. So your brain is always involved with the decision of generating pain or not. But when it's chronic pain, your brain is generating that pain without that like physical signal from your body like your brain is just like has that priming so it's like looking at everything in your environment and continues to degenerate that pain over and over because it's still it just thinks there's constant danger that it needs to protect you from and so this can you can be stuck in this hypervigilant state for years and years and you will be if you're focusing on all the body parts that hurt instead of going to the root the brain and unfortunately, you know, doctors don't know about this. And so like, you'll get unnecessary back surgery and, you know, everything else. So, so then the other thing is that we all do the most normal thing in the world once we have pain. And also this is even before it could be chronic. Cause like, usually it's like what, three months or to six months to like really be diagnosed with it being chronic. 
but like of course when you first have like pain you're gonna start doing like what does everyone do when you first have pain you take you medicine and yeah yeah so you're gonna you know worry about it and so um i i like this thing that Dr. Howard Schubiner came up with, who's a prominent pain doctor. It's called the five F words of chronic pain. So you fear the pain, you focus on it, you're frustrated by it, you fight it and you try to fix it. So fear, focus, frustration, fighting, fixing. And so all those things, what they actually do, which are such normal human reactions, they actually reinforce the hypervigilance in your brain and strengthen those neural pathways for pain. And so if you think you're getting sicker over time, it's actually because you are, because we're strengthening those neural pathways because we're using them more. So, but the, so the thing though, is that I don't want this to sound like all doom and gloom. Like there's really good news here, which is that our brains have this amazing feature which i think is the coolest thing about our brain is that we have this feature called neuroplasticity which means that our brains are changeable and that we can change our, our neural pathways and they're always changing every time we learn and that we can we can unlearn pain by changing what were, were the messages the thoughts the behaviors that we're reinforcing so right if we're if we keep reinforcing those five f words if we keep fearing the pain, for example, because in addition to there being the pain cycle, there's also the, there's a fear, um, there's a fear pain cycle. Cause like, if you have pain, you're going to fear it, but then that increases, you know, you're going to have more pain, more fear. So like we have, like, we have to do everything to decrease the danger. And so it's pain. So like, that's where brain retraining comes in. And so like over, so like, it took, it might've taken years to get to that point of having chronic pain and you might've, you might have it for years and you might be unknowingly reinforcing it. But the really, the, I think the thing that's hopeful is that you can be very intentional about unlearning it and it will be faster than it took you to learn it because you weren't doing that intentionally, but now you're being intentional about unlearning it. That's good to know. I was wondering, you know, if you've had years of pain, is it going to take years and years to to feel better? So that's really good to know. And I, yeah. I, I love the I love the neuroplasticity aspect of our brains as well. So if we can retrain our brains and science has shown that we can, like, how do we start to do that? Yeah, so I think that's a great question. And also, I think brain retraining as a concept is like pretty new and I think people don't know what it is. And so I wanna explain more about what it is first because like, I think people think it's more complicated than it is. And it's like, oh, we have to like meditate all day long. And it's like, I don't have time to do that. And like, you know, but the thing, like, I think the biggest takeaway is that like, especially for like, you know, busy moms, which I believe is, you know, your audience, right? Yeah is that you can do this in small doses every day. It's about repetition. And so it, it has nothing like, 
and I think some people think it has something to do with like putting wires on your head or something like that. Like it's because it's, sometimes it's called like brain rewiring or something. It's it's really just like starting to pay attention to your like inner world, like your your thoughts and your behaviors. And like, so there's this concept that I think is actually like a good way to think about it. There's this, um, someone who's involved with this work called, who's pretty well-known name, Lorimer Mosley. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. And an, another um, man as well, they came up with this concept of dims versus sims. So dangers in me versus safeties in me. And they've found that if the, if what your brain perceives as the dims, the dangers in me is higher than the safeties in me, then you're going to have pain. And so for every single person, this is different. And I think it's like tough to like really know, but it's, I think it's just starting to pay attention to like, oh, am I like unintentionally maybe increasing the danger in my brain? And how can I like just tone it down like even a little bit. And so like, I'll give you some like some examples that of just like small things that you can do that are like easy ways to start. So like really what brain retraining is, is just like being more intentional and mindful of like our thoughts and our behaviors and making small changes and then repeating them over and over again and reinforcing them because we want to reinforce the like positive safe messages. So something that people don't even think is brain retraining, but I think is like such a easy way to start is we want to change the relationship we have with our, our bodies. Cause right now we're probably like, I can speak for myself that I was like, so angry with my body and I didn't have a good relationship with that, with it. I mean, for years, even before chronic pain started, but then especially after I was like, I felt like my, my mind and my body were separate and that my body was the enemy. I was like, why are you giving me pain? And you know, like how that can be. And so I believe a really big part of healing is to like reunite the mind and body and, and get your body and your mind, like get, get yourself to trust you again. Like you have to be on the same page that you don't feel like your mind and body are separate, but that you're one. So a way to start building up trust that's very easy is to, well, so we're getting messages from our body all the time. So like, yes, we're getting pain and we might not, that might not be <laughs> the most enjoyable message, but that's actually a message of danger. And especially my, you know, chronic pain cycle, like aside, but like in general, pain is a message of like trying, our body is trying to protect us. And even when we're in the chronic pain cycle, it's still that our brain is trying to protect us because it thinks that we're in so much danger and has seen us for our whole life and thinks, oh, it's too much. And is like trying everything it can to protect us. So I think just like even realizing that, like that lens of like, my body doesn't hate me. It just thinks that I need so much protection right now. But also like any other signal that you're getting, like um, your body can't communicate with you in words. It doesn't speak English or another language. It speaks in the language of sensations. So like, for example, like, and we're getting sensations, like signals from our body all the time, like hunger and thirst and needing to use the bathroom. So I think a very easy way to start doing brain retraining is just to pay attention to those signals and not push them off, not prioritize other things over our body, not be like, oh, I'm going to use the bathroom after I send one more email. It's like, no, you really need to use the bathroom right now. Just do it, <laughs> you know, um, and eat, like eat when you're hungry, 
drink when you're thirsty, like these things that might sound so simple, but like actually make a big difference. And I honestly still do this now that I talk to my body all the time and I thank you for these signals because I like, it's part of changing that relationship. So I'll be like, like, sweetie, like we're about to eat, like, especially if I'm preparing food, I'm like, we're going to eat very quickly. Like I have, like, I, I kind of just think, especially for all the, like, all of the moms in your audience, like I kind of just, and I don't, I don't have any kids yet, but like, I kind of feel like I, I just have like a child all the time and it's myself. It, it can be helpful to think of your brain as a small child that like needs your constant attention. And I know you could be like another, <laughs> I have another child to take care of, but I think that can actually help to shift the relationship of like prioritizing your body in that way. It's, it's like, how would you take care of this child who is scared? Like the, your brain is giving you these, this, these pain signals because it's scared. And it's trying to warn you of danger. So like how, instead of being frustrated at it, like that's not working. How can you have more compassion and just be kinder to yourself and more patient? And so things like, you know, eating when you're hungry, right? Like if, you're, if your child is complaining they're hungry, you're not going to be like, all right, after I send this email, you're going to be like, all right, here's food. So I think that's a, a, an easy way to start. But also with that and like changing that relationship towards yourself, something that I do, like I still do all the time is that like, like I said, I talk to myself like in my head, but also like I will, so I understand like, you know, moms are busy and like can't like do all these things all day long, but like the most important thing is to pay attention to when pain increases. I think that's like the clearest message that there's something to pay attention to. That's like, that's your body speaking to you, right? There's something going on there. Your, your body's feeling unsafe in some way. So that's really, if, if you can't do things all day long, at least pay attention to that increase. And so what I do is I'll put my hand on my chest and just say, and like rub my, rub like on my heart and just be like, I got you. It's okay. Like sometimes just acknowledging your body and you might need to do that. Like at, at sometimes I just did that like literally a hundred times a day. But that helps to teach your, your body that you're listening and it helps to turn down the pain signals and it can take a while, but that's part of brain retraining of like that repetition of doing that a hundred times a day. It takes like a second to do that, but you can do that in the middle of doing anything else. And if you're like at work or something and can't like rub your, your, you know, your heart, you can like just rub your leg and no one's going to see it and just feel it. And like in your head, be like, I got you, I got you. So that's like another small thing. And then I think one more that is also helpful is to be very mindful of the language you're using when you talk about pain. I never like to say my pain. I think it's really important to separate yourself. So I would say like the pain, but even better than that is to say these sensations or these symptoms. Like I try to just avoid, in my job, it's tough to like not say the word pain, but I think in general, it, it would be better if you can say like these sensations. And then also be aware of how the relationship you have towards symptoms. Um, for example, if you're saying like, oh my gosh, the pain is so bad right now, it's killing me. Like all these things, you just have to be aware of how can that be increasing the hypervigilance in your brain, like the dims, right? The danger in me. So like, how can you tone that down a bit? You can be like, well, this is not as pleasant as I'd like it to be, you know, like, um, but like, 
when you really are like emphasizing so much of like the danger, it's it's just going to increase that danger in your brain. So it's like small changes in language that can make a big difference. Yeah, I think those are all really good. I learned the last one about, you know, calling it a sensation instead mm -hmm. of calling it pain from the curable app that I've started using. And, yeah. you know, they say that if we're calling it pain, we're judging it. And by, you know, judging it, we're putting a negative connotation on it. When, like you said, pain is just a communication tool. It's our body trying to tell us something. So I think that's yeah. a really interesting one. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I've like, a million more ones but I think those are just like mm -hmm. the ones for your audience to start with because I think like the most important thing I would say is just to like start right to not feel like I'm too busy to do brain retraining because like brain retraining like literally means just like doing something to teach your brain that you're safe and that you're okay and so like just putting your hand on your chest and rubbing it can be something and saying I'm okay like if you just did that every day like anytime you notice an increase in sensations that can make a difference no, I think that's really good. And I've had an episode on trauma. I had a lady who had cured her own chronic pain through like mind body techniques. And, you know, I learned from the book, The Body Keeps the Score, that when you have trauma, which I think a lot of people with chronic pain do, um, that that your your mind body connection is severed. So trying to, to reconnect those like you're talking about is, I think, really important. Um, what are, what are some like mind body techniques that can help with chronic pain? So I feel like those are like, I mean, I think that kind of is like along those lines of mind body. Yeah. Um, but I think something else, like, I think mindset is so important. And like, I think mm -hmm. like people know this, like your mindset is important, but it can be tough to be like in the right mindset. So like, you know, um, I, I think like thought swapping could be a good one, but I think it could be tough depending on the person, but just starting to be more aware of your thoughts and like, I'm, I'm not saying like things are all like, you know, rainbows and like flowers all the time. Like, of course not. Like, and I think it's also important to feel your feelings and like express them, but starting to just be aware of your thoughts and how they might be in increasing those, the dims, the danger in me and how you can like just not just like even about pain but just like anything in your life where you might be increasing hypervigilance how can you just like tone down that language a bit like just um for example things like like with my clients I'll they'll be like this is so hard I'll be like can you say it's not easy <laughs> like you know just like little shifts in language can make can make a difference and so I think that's a mind body tool but also Two things that I think have been really, really um, important to my own healing journey are, I mean, I don't know if it's like a mind-body tool so much or more of like a mindset, but is gratitude, which I know sounds like so cliche, but I started keeping a gratitude journal a while ago and I write, I keep it next to my bed and I write three, at least three things every night that I'm grateful um from that day about and at least one of them is related to my body and I've started I've noticed a shift in how I see the world that I'm able to even on the, the toughest days find things to be grateful about and I try to find something to be grateful about even in those tough things like I don't I don't just try to like write the same things every day and so I think that shift helped because like now 
am so grateful for like everything and I'm in such an like a different mindset than I've ever been in my life where I have so much gratitude and it's and it didn't come naturally I had I had to train like I had to train my brain to be more grateful and to think about how far I've come and if I'm ever having a tough day and like being in a bad mindset I remind myself like I'm not wearing ice in my head anymore I don't have migraines anymore like all these things and like put it all back in perspective and I know when you're in the middle of it, it can be tougher, but there are still always things that you can be grateful for. Like maybe you're not in the hospital at the moment. Like how amazing. Like I have a client who was like in the hospital and I'm like, you're not in the hospital right now. Like this is amazing. And I, I believe in finding those small wins helps so much with the process and you need to celebrate every small win. And then the other thing that I think is really important and one of the biggest lessons for me and one of the hardest things, but has helped so much with changing the relationship I have with my body is self-compassion. I've had to learn how to be kinder to myself. I've had to learn how to love myself. And if you're able to, I mean, I wouldn't even say if you're able to, I encourage you to find ways that you can increase your self-compassion in small doses every day. I think the thing like putting your hand on your chest can, can make a difference thinking about how there's a small child that needs you, that's your brain. These types of things make a big difference. And like how just, you know, if you do nothing else, if you take nothing else away from this this conversation, how can you how can you be more compassionate towards yourself? Because none, none of this is easy. But if we're hard on ourselves, it's just going to make everything worse. I think both of those are fantastic. I am a huge proponent of gratitude. It got me from my grieving process from having chronic pain and losing my job and my functionality into just a a much better place mentally. And, you know, science has proven, like you're saying, the neuroplasticity, the more you focus on gratitude, the more your brain will automatically focus on gratitude instead of focusing on the negative. It searches for Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. And self-compassion is also huge. Like kindness is a core value of a core value of mine, but I don't always show kindness to myself. Yeah. And it's so much easier to do for yeah, other people, right? It is. Like I've had a, a pain flare this week for the last few days and haven't gotten anything done. Um and I've kind of teetered between having a lot of self-compassion and kind of feeling guilty that I haven't done the dishes yet. And you know, my husband's having to take care of our daughter, but you know, it's something that I definitely work on because I think it's really important. Yeah. And I think like, I'm still dealing with that kind of stuff all the time, like the guilt and like where I am in my journey right now is that like, I feel physically better, but I'm like, I believe that healing is a journey. And I know you've said this too, on you know, like your episode, I listened to your episode about your healing journey. And I don't think there's a destination. I think if you're looking for a destination that like you're not, you're going to have a, you're going to have trouble with it. I'm at the point now where I'm, I'm at, so I think for, so for what can happen for years is that your body suppresses emotions because it, it has learned that emotions, and this is not the case for everyone, but I think it's a majority of people with chronic pain that your body has learned that emotions, certain emotions are not safe. So I'm at the point now where like these emotions are coming to the surface. Like I have all this anger in my body and I'm doing all this work to process that anger. But like for years, it was just pain, you know, physical pain. And now it's, it's anger. And, but like, I'm not, 
upset about it I'm just like fascinated about this like I feel like I'm just discovering new things about my body all the time and it's like at this point I'm so grateful for how far I've come but also like I'm not done with the work and I don't expect to be done because I think there, it's just like layers but now I'm just like my body's so cool and like I have this better relationship with my body and I think anyone who's like hesitant about doing any of this work it feels like it's too much work I just encourage you to try it because I mean I think it's a hundred percent worth it yeah I think it is too and I agree with you about the suppressed emotions I've got a workbook actually on my website that can help people kind of journal their way through um, how their their emotional pain through unprocessed emotions trauma grief and lack of forgiveness could be could be contributing to their physical pain so I think all of those can play a part because they oh, certainly yeah. have for me yeah that's that's great yeah those types of things are so important so how can we communicate with our body better and kind of really listen to what it has to say because you mentioned how important that is yeah I mean I, I think it starts with slowly changing that relationship right so it's like you know like I mentioned about um like when it, when listening to all those signals from your body, right, of like hunger and thirst. And over time, you're going to get like this, this takes repetition, it really does. And that's really what brain retraining is, it's just like a lot of repetition. But over time, your body is going to really start to trust you. And that's like, I really believe that's such an important part of this work is building up that trust. And it's, it, it, it really can take time. But I think it's about learning how to not be frustrated at your body and like everything's a balance right it's like finding that balance of like you want to be able to like express your emotions about like being frustrated with this whole like you know chronic pain journey and I think that's important to do and like I have like things I work on with my clients like um journaling for example and like different like movement types of things to get those emotions out but you don't want to take you want to like get that that those emotions out but you don't want to take it out on your body because the most important thing is to form a good relationship with your body and realize that your body is not the one that you want to be angry with <laughs> you can have anger and you want to express the anger and let it out but it's about realizing that your body has just been trying to protect you and that it's you have to start to form more of a loving relationship and realize that your body is not the enemy that's a really good point because I, I, for a while, when I first became disabled, was very angry at my body. I was, you know, 37 years old and, you know, disabled and couldn't work. And I felt like my body had betrayed me. And yeah. Yeah. So that's definitely a feeling I understand. Uh, so the thing I do want to say, though, is like, I know I talk about, you know, like neuroplastic pain and being able to retrain your brain. And I know this doesn't work for everyone, but I do think a lot of these techniques can work for anyone with any type of chronic pain of you know like no like you might not be able to retrain your brain out of the chronic pain cycle but this can help you with managing your pain and changing the relationship you have towards symptoms and towards yourself and I think that that's always going to be beneficial. No I agree um so what kind of lessons have you learned like your top lessons through all of this? So I think um well, it's really interesting because I, this was, this was a, this was a tough, very personal lesson for me, but I definitely was very hard on myself for years, like before chronic pain, 
like my whole life didn't love myself never thought I would and then when I was going through all this chronic pain like healing stuff I I had this moment where I was like I think I'm going to need to love myself to be able to heal like I just realized that and that was to be honest with you like I think like it has been the most worth it thing of going through all of this was to get to that point of like loving myself and so I think that's such a big lesson that we can't be mean to the same body that we're trying to heal. It just doesn't work. And like, I really never thought that I was gonna be able to fix that relationship with myself, but it's like, that's like the most healing, amazing thing. And like everything else is like secondary. And like, of course, like I'm so happy to not have like debilitating pain every day. Like, of course, I'm so grateful for that. But I think that's the most important thing. But then also like I mentioned things like gratitude and like self-compassion like that's all part of it as well what would be your biggest piece of advice for someone who's living with chronic pain right now so I I feel like there's just like so many different things I can say but really I think that just really just be kinder to yourself just start with you know the smallest gesture and to be kinder to yourself that makes a big difference. I think that's a great one. So where can we get more information about you? Yeah, so I my website is lisanascoaching.com and my Instagram, TikTok, all that stuff is also lisanascoaching. And I love working with clients. I'm you know, currently looking for more clients. I do one-on-one coaching with clients with chronic pain. And um, my main package is 12 weeks, but I'm open to other options as well. And it's very customized to, to you and what you need. So like, if you're a busy mom and you don't have a lot of time, like I still spend, you know, 45 minutes with you in the session, but some, some people just need like a small thing to do each week. Some people want like a lot of things, like a lot of homework and some people don't. But I work with people that are very busy and some people that have all the time in the world. And honestly, sometimes having all the time in the world just to focus on healing is not the best. And it's better to be out living your life and being busy and just having like a little bit of these tools to do on your own. But I do think that the support of a coach does help you. And so my program is called the Retrain Your Brain Accelerator because I really do believe that I'm helping you to accelerate your progress. And so the other thing that I do is that I have messaging between sessions with my clients, like voice memo support and texting. And so it's like having like supportive, like, you know, like a, a coach in your pocket. And so some people take more advantage of that than others, but I'm always here to answer your questions and my clients get a lot out of it. It's It's been really great. And so That's what really I do cool. is I offer, I offer um, free 30-minute calls if you're interested in learning more and you're not sure if it's right for you. And I also believe it's 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 important to find the right coach that you feel like is that you can be comfortable with. So that's why I like to have that call. But also, like, based on hearing what I'm saying on this podcast, you can see if it feels like the right fit and if you want to learn more. Awesome. Thank you. And thank you for coming on. Yeah, thank you so much. It was so great meeting you and chatting with you. Yeah, same. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any health, parenting, or life advice. For my freebie, 30 Ways to Relieve Pain Without Taking a Pill, go to com slash tips. 
And if you want to be on this podcast, you have comments, suggestions, or just want to chat, email me at it hurts to mom at gmail.com. I wish everybody a blessed and pain-free day.